Broadcasting from another dimension. Deep inside the Ghost Shrimp National Forest. Sending you secrets directly from the future into your motherfucking mind. That's right, everybody. It's the Ghost Shrimp and Friends Podcast, episode 12. Daddy do, daddy do, daddy dow, bow, bow. That's what we do. We just keep making episodes. That's the beauty of it. It's simple. You know what I'm saying? I know you know what I'm saying because you're tuned in. You're tuned into this beef stew podcast. You know what I'm saying? We got the meat. We got the potatoes. If you listen very carefully, you can hear the Bandit family playing in the background because that's how we do it here. You know what I'm saying? Chilling out in the forest, having a great old time, having a great old life for ourselves. We're really making a little life for ourselves out here, guys. Nothing is nicer than fall in New England, let me tell you. Got my juicy cup of coffee with me today, even though it's later in the afternoon. Usually I don't drink coffee past maybe 1 o'clock. Usually I'll have a little cup when I wake up from my 20-minute nap, you know what I'm saying, a little power nap after lunch. I've been doing that, I think, since college, probably during college, and that'll do you. That'll get you, when you wake up from that 20-minute nap after lunch, You barely dozed off. You might not even have dozed off, but you close your eyes, you let your mind go, you take a little rest. And when you pop those those little peepers back open, you're fresh, okay? I'm going to tell you something. You're going to get up and you're going to go after the rest of the day like it was morning again. It's your second morning. Afternoon becomes your second morning. your second morning because that's how fucking fresh you're like a fresh squeezed orange at that point you're dripping with juices the juices are dripping out of your pores you know what i'm saying if you haven't picked up on it yet my my phrase you know what i'm saying it's actually a hypnotic suggestion i'm manchurian candidating y'all i'm programming you to be happy and productive every time you hear me say you know what i'm saying it's just getting deeper and deeper in there you know what i'm saying all right let's see where are we at we are about to let's see we're in week seven of the 12-week online group workshop, round two. And uh, hopefully everybody got a chance to see the super exclusive hour-long video that I posted straight out of the workshop. I did a killer uh, album cover breakdown um, this past week, uh, or actually last week now. <clears throat> right? Is that right? Yeah. Um, this this past week... Uh, we had special guest Andy J. Miller in the in the workshop, and that was super great. And uh, the the assignment was to pick one of your favorite albums of all time and do 
your version of the cover you know what i'm saying you know everybody knows that i love doing album covers and uh, so i dug up a bunch of the original artwork from uh some album covers that i had kicking around and uh i i did a video just holding them up and talking about them talking about anything that came to mind about the projects um about my ideas about the projects about client relations about all that stuff so uh, that's up on YouTube. That's a very juicy video if anybody's interested. Um, and uh, it'll give you a little taste of what the workshop's about. You know what I'm saying? We got round three of the workshop coming up in January. Um, it's going to start mid-January. So if you want to start your year 2018 off right, uh, you want to get off to a running start. If you want to start sprinting towards your destiny as a visual artist, as a as taking your visual art skills to the next level, if you're ready for that, then go to GoShrimpGlobal.com right now and sign up for that workshop because I cannot tell you how dope it is to be a part of it. You know what I'm saying? It's so much fun, so much group feedback, one-on-one -on -one weekly vid chats with me um and uh man we're seeing just so much growth in the group everybody's bonding together people are seriously leveling up um it's so much fun to see the feedback given out and then applied to uh you know who can take that feedback and really uh get it into their work soak it into their mind sponge and uh you know really really convert it to um, climbing up the ladder of their conceptual skills, of their technical skills, and really reflecting it in their in their next piece is really exciting. So uh, sign up for that. We got ten spots, and uh, it's eight hundred dollars for twelve weeks, and that is still below the average cost of an online course or workshop. We're talking nine to twelve hundred dollars, guys, is the average. Girls. Girls and guys. You know, we have we have uh people from all over. We have a dude in Mexico City. Okay, we have a lady in Denmark. Okay, we have a dude in Denmark. We got people from all over. We got ladies in Canada. We've had uh, dudes in Canada, we've had a girl from Armenia last time in round one just destroying the workshop. I, it's so much fun because some of the kids you'll see will really just be soaking it up. They know exactly what we're covering and they're so hungry for it and they're really applying it and you can really see the growth. It's so cool. So that's enough about that. Um, but truly a uh, fun time. Hopefully everybody can check out that video and get a little taste and get inspired. You know what I'm saying? Even if you're never going to sign up for the workshop, enjoy the video. And hopefully there's something in there that you can really use in your own creative endeavors in creating your own career as a visual artist because there's nothing better. There is truly nothing better. Okay. It's like putting butter all over your body and sleeping outside. That's what it feels like. Okay, on a hot summer night, on a hot summer night where that butter is dripping off your body and just soaking into the ground and the bugs are crawling all over you, but in a good way, right? In a great way.
So shout out to Andy J. Miller. Uh, we're going to have him on the pod. I was trying to get him on the pod this week, but it didn't work out. Um, I had a couple couple podcasts fall through this week, so uh, we're, we're jumping on at the end of the week with a little Q&A, you know what I'm saying? Getting at your listener questions, because truly... You guys are the friends in the Ghost Shrimp from Friends podcast. I'm Ghost Shrimp. I talk to my friends on this podcast, and also every single person listening to this podcast is a friend because you are a friend of the podcast. And you send in your questions, and I try to pick some juicy ones and give you some answers. So we've got a couple of those. we got a couple of those. Um, tomorrow we'll be doing a podcast with my man Psych Lord. You know what I'm saying? We were trying to get him on the podcast earlier this week. Uh, we had a little miscommunication. He was making some beef stew, and he missed our meeting, our, our session. He, he missed our meeting. I didn't communicate to him exactly what I needed to, and he was out there making some beef stew. You know what I'm saying? But that's a good excuse. If you miss, If you miss anything in your life, just tell the person, I just jumped up to make some beef stew, and I missed it. But I'm going to get right back to you. That should be your answering machine. Say, hey, this is Go Shrimp. Um, I'm making some beef stew right now. So leave a message and I'll call you back when I'm done eating that juicy, meaty beef stew. Okay, shout out to everybody who is peeping the original artwork that I've been posting up online for sale. I've been posting up some good pieces. Um, people have been requesting that I post some original artwork for sale, so I've been doing it. Um, we got the posters, of course. Shout out to everybody who's hitting up the the shop on my website and ordering posters going all over the world. Loving it. You know what I'm saying? Um, I am about to... Let's see what else is going on. I'm about to scan up uh the album cover that i'm working on for ages uh hopefully people have been seeing the the progress i've been posting i've actually been posting a, an unusual amount of progress pics on this one just because it's been i've been working on it for so long and i haven't had stuff to show and uh you know i said fuck it i'm gonna start to show some progress on this piece even though usually i don't like to i get really superstitious with sharing work in progress. Um, but it was just about done being penciled. So I, I showed that and then I've shown some stages of the inking. Um, and I'm, uh, I'm, when I'm done with this podcast, I'm going to scan it up and start the coloring and get it colored up in the next few days. And, uh, I cannot fucking wait to post the finished piece because it's by far by, by two, three times the best fucking drawing I've ever done in my life which is always the goal. Anybody that knows me knows my philosophy is every time I sit down to draw at my desk, I'm going to try to make the damn best drawing that I've ever made in my life. And it doesn't always work, but with that attitude, with that mindset, I always get killer pieces. And then every once in a while, everything comes together and you just fucking knock it out of the park you level up you get to that next echelon you you go through that wormhole into the next dimension into the into into another part of you your your universe that you didn't know existed and it's so exciting uh we've been talking about this a lot in the podcast i'm gonna talk about this with i mean uh the, in the workshop and i've been talking to people about this a lot lately um just how much fun it is to try to think up the craziest shit 
you know, really pushing the concepts, pushing the content and seeing if you can pull it off technically. And then once you are able to pull it off technically, then being able to push your concepts and your content even further out there and seeing if you can pull that off technically and just keep leapfrogging between your technical skills and your conceptual skills one after another, each time getting stronger, playing off each other. That's how you have fun as a visual artist. And let me tell you, I'm having a fucking ball. Okay, I'm having a couple of balls in a sack over here. My balls are toasting and roasting. Okay, these chestnuts are roasting over this open fire. And the fire's hot. You know what I'm saying? This fire is fucking hot. All right. What else we got? I think that's about it for the stuff that I wanted to get out of the way. Okay, so let's dive into some of these questions, guys. My man, let me let me get to some questions here about my man, fucking deep nuts. Okay, we got we got to get some fucking deep nuts on the podcast. Uh, Cole Brower, aka Deep Nuts. Um, he's a, a Go Scout. Uh, he was a resident, a scout in residence here. And uh, one of my favorite people, you guys heard a little bit about him uh, on the Greenstone podcast. I forget what episode that was uh, called the Greenstone Protocol. Um, he went to that uh, Wasteland Festival with Greenstone and uh, just talking about, we were talking about what a, what a character he is. He's truly a unique individual. And uh, we're going to get him on. I actually said, hey, are you around today to jump on this pod? But uh, but he's busy. He's doing some shit. He's probably, probably making some beef stew right now. He's probably up in the kitchen cooking some beef stew. Uh, all right, so here we go. He says, bees have been a recurring character throughout the podcast, like the bee in your beer when I was camping, and twice there has been bees during the Denmark podcast. That's true. Both Denmark podcasts, this bee flew in the window and started flying around the mic. He asked, with the Beehive Boy comic on the horizon, I'm wondering, do you feel a unique, possibly even spiritual connection to bees? Um, do you attribute any deeper meaning or message to the sighting of a bee? Or any other animals for that matter. Uh, let me see. Well, I am indeed working on the Beehive Boy comic slowly but surely. That's what I really hope to plan to work on uh, mostly next year. Um, hopefully, what I mean to say, let, let me let me try to rephrase that. I My plan is to spend most of next year working on the Beehive Boy comic, you know what I'm saying? The Beehive Boy universe, the Beehive Boy world, the Beehive Boy illustrations, you know what I'm saying? Because it's still forming. I'm not exactly sure what it's going to be yet. It's going to be some kind of illustration comic hybrid, you know what I'm saying? Because that sounds really fun to me. And I'm a fun guy. I'm all about having fun. My deal is trying to make my daily life as fun as possible, guys. And, uh, hey, I'm going to just, I'm going to pass the mic. I'm going to pass the ball to you and say, you should do the same. You know what I'm saying? That's how we do it. Um, do I feel any spiritual connection to bees? Well, to me, 
definitely grew up in the forest so bees are always something that you're aware of we would get stung by bees i remember we always used to dare each other to like 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 run by and slap a bee's nest um or uh you know sometimes we'd I, f I feel like maybe we used to throw stuff at bees nests i don't know although i can't remember if we did that or not but i remember we definitely used to run by bees nests and kind of give it a give it a whack with your hand you try to like brush by it and hit it and uh and, and get away before the bees came out i remember one time me and my older brother were in the backyard uh at the house i grew up in in Shutesbury, massachusetts and we were playing some wiffle ball and i was probably i was probably pretending to be jim rice of the boston red sox stepping up to hit a fucking home run and uh, i hit the ball into the bushes and as he goes to get it, right when he gets to the bush, he starts, like, just going, fuck, shit, fuck, shit. And there's, like, a cloud of bees around him. Like, I hit it. I hit the ball right into a bee's nest in this bush. And he ran right into it just as they were all coming out. And uh, he turned around and started running towards the house going, fuck, shit, fuck, shit. And uh, I remember I started swearing because I was like, you know, when you're a kid, any opportunity you can have to swear, you definitely are going to take it. Any free pass you have to swear. So uh, I started swearing as well. And uh, and then we're both just running into the house. And I got stung once. And he got stung like 50 times. Like not not kidding. Like I remember he had his shirt off. And like you make up some kind of like you make up some kind of paste. Like, I forget what it was, but, but our mom made up this paste and, uh, you like, I remember him just with his shirt off and, and, and put in this white paste like all over his body. Um, and, uh, it kind of neutralizes the stings or whatever. But I just remember he was like polka dotted with white all over cause he got lit up by bees. Um, I can remember I got stung in Costa Rica by like a super rowdy bee, um, I think, uh, the, the first time I think I ever left New England, actually, I was a teenager. I was like 16. This was like in sophomore year of high school. And, uh, there are, our, our, our biology teacher, Bob Burns, who's actually a friend of an old friend of my parents. Um, he used to organize a trip to Costa Rica every year or so. And it was like through the school, but it didn't really have anything to do with school. Like there was no homework involved or anything like that. Maybe you just had to be in his class or maybe you just had to know him or something like that. And for like, it, it was like for, for not that much money, you got to go to Costa Rica for like two weeks with a group of like 15 kids. And, you know, so, so 15 of the kids that I knew, cause it went to high school in a pretty small school. You pretty much knew everybody. There's like a hundred kids in my class or something. And we all went to Costa Rica and my man, my, my super homie, Tin Cans Azula, um, was on this trip. And, and this is, I think really where we became super good friends where our, where our, where our best friend, um, was, uh, was cemented. And, uh, we were, we were in 
some place we were staying in Costa Rica. Oh, it was real wild because there was a crazy locust there too. And there was like, oh man, the whole place was wild. There was like crabs. Like we we had to fucking we went we he goes to take a shower, and there's like this giant spider up in the shower, and then there there's tarantulas everywhere and shit. And then there's and then there's fucking you look down the drain hole and there's these neon colored crabs in the fucking drain. And so when we took a shower, we would go in together with shorts on. Thank you very much. We weren't touching dicks. We weren't touching bags, okay? Um, and, and one of us would have a headlamp, and we would watch just to make sure that the, that the spiders and the crabs weren't going to move on the person taking the shower. So we would take turns doing that. And then one time... I remember we were like snorting some pills that I had. It was like, I think it was, I think it was, it was either Zoloft or Adderall. I think it was Zoloft. I think this, we we had, we had run out of whatever we liked to snort. I think, which was, it would have been Adderall. And I think it was, we were down at the Zoloft and, and we hadn't snorted it before. I think this is correct. And, and we, we cut it up, we crushed it up. And I snort it, and it fucking burns like a motherfucker. And uh, but you know, I still want him to do it, so I'm like, yeah, yeah, oh, it's good, it's good, man, it's good. And so he does one, he does his, and then he's like, oh fuck, and I'm like, oh fuck, it hurts, and we're just both like, both our faces are burning. And then uh, and then we were just hamming it up, and I started to like throw some shit around and kind of fuck some shit up. I like knocked over something and a whole bag of something spilled around the room and made a mess. And then I went outside to cut, cut off this like palm frond so I could sweep up. Like we didn't have a broom. So I was going to cut off this like palm leaf. We're like just two rowdy ass motherfuckers from New Hampshire chilling up in Costa Rica. I have no business being there. We don't know what's going on. And, uh, and, and, and so uh, I I go to cut this 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 palm leaf off, and I'm like cutting it with this knife, and I'm shaking the the like the palm uh, plant. It was like some kind of like some kind of palm bush, some kind of little palm tree thing. But it's shaking back and forth as I'm cutting, and my arms are up because I'm cutting. And and what I didn't realize was there was some kind of crazy Costa Rican bee nest up in that shit and fucking a, a, a one bee came and stung me like in my armpit and like it hurt so bad it burned like it was some kind of crazy ass bee and that shit burned so my face was burning from snorting that fucking zoloft and then my my armpit was burning from getting fucking lit up from this bee so we were totally out of control um and then uh and then, like, there was no window screens in this, like, bungalow we were staying at. It was super sick. It was at the ocean. And uh, it was just, like, paradise fucking accommodations. Um, we had this bus. And he, you know, Mr. Burns had a driver. And he drove us, like, all over the island for two weeks. And uh, it was super fun. But we're staying in this, like, paradise bungalow. <clears throat> without any screens in it and this locust fucking flies in which is like a grasshopper like the size of a large bird and like a blue jay and fucking flies in and and just starts flying around and then so i grab this bug spray that we have and start spraying it and it's not doing a damn thing 
So I take a, I take the lighter and I start shooting fire at it. Like if you light the spray and it's like, whoosh, I have like a little blowtorch and I'm blowtorching. <laughs> We're like so fucking rowdy. I'm like blowtorching in the in the loft in this there's super high ceilings in this loft and and this thing is flying around and trying to blowtorch it which probably would have been the worst if this thing had caught on fire it probably would have really caused some trouble but it just like chilled out it like landed on one of the rafters and then just like chilled there for like hours i think it was there like i think we had to go to sleep with it up there because it was just chilling there but we were freaked out because it was just a large ass insect and it was super cool um yeah so that's a that that's a costa rican that's that was a costa rican whirlwind that was so much so much fun i'd love to relive that trip with tin cans azula go back there that was so much fun um up until i had gone to denmark that was the only time i left uh the united states of america i've traveled very little in my life i've spent most of my life in the in in new england lived in brooklyn for a minute lived in la for a minute um later on uh but yeah have not traveled much really haven't traveled too much um back to the bees i'm trying to think what else i think about bees i mean bees are pretty incredible because i know that they pollinate they're responsible for pollinating like a third or two-thirds of all the food that we eat and and i i think just like a huge part of any uh healthy ecosystem which is definitely a really cool part of the symbolism and definitely in the beehive boy with the beehive boy character definitely part of the symbolism because he's some kind of like he's some kind of deity of some sort some kind of zen uh manifestation so that definitely plays into his character the fact that you know bees are 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 truly an indispensable part of uh of just a healthy uh plant ecosystem it's so cool um that like if you just if you just start to dig into bee the bee world you won't be disappointed because there's so much interesting shit in there and and uh you know people keep bees around here a lot once our house gets uh a little more fully formed i definitely plan on keeping bees you know what i'm saying my 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 life goal here on the 25 acres of property that we have here um down the 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 acreage down by my ha- by our house um, I definitely plan to make into kind of a, a sustainable food system um, to pass on to my kids because I think that's such a cool idea um, f- to have like a greenhouse where they can grow most of the food and have uh, bees to pollinate stuff and have some meat animals uh, chilling around, you know what I'm saying, and uh, have some have just uh, some orchards and whatnot we've been planting fruit trees and berries and 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 we're going to get into a lot more of that once the house is more fully built so i definitely plan to keep bees which i'm very excited about my neighbor has bees and he's always have some fun adventures he's got his beekeeper suit which i'm super jealous of i really want a beekeeper suit and uh sometimes his bees escape and 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 fucking run away forever and one time they escaped and he was able to get them back into the hive which is like super hard to do if your queen takes off then the whole hive goes after it so you got to find the queen and get her back in the hive and shit it's like super tricky um because yeah the queen just runs that shit you know what i'm saying and most of the bees i think most to all of the bees in a beehive are female so take that take that 
people that think stupid things about men and women being something, something, other shit. I always thought that was a cool fact that the fucking ladies are just running shit in that hive. And then the dude, the dudes, the B dudes are like, maybe we maybe talked about this. I feel like we covered this on the podcast already, but the dudes are like just some fucking old living in the dirt, just some dirty dicks out there, just living in the dirt on like bachelor style. And then the, the queen just flies out and, and, and hunts down a super eligible bachelor and bangs him and then comes back and has more, more bees for the hive which is pretty interesting. Um, let's see, bees. I'm trying to think if I have any other juicy fucking bee shit. Um, got, you know, he talked about me talking about getting stung on my tongue. That was pretty crazy when I was camping. Um, I think that's it. I think that's... Uh, I think that's pretty much it. I was reading a cool book about like just the history of bees um, throughout different cultures. Like beekeeping is super ancient and they used to put bees on like rafts and float them down rivers to like pollinate different. They, they load up a raft with hives and, and, and float it down the river to like different areas that they were pollinating. And then the bees fly back into the hive at night and then they'd move the hives again, which is pretty, pretty freaking crazy and cool. And then like mead, which is like fermented honey, that's the first form of alcoholic beverage I think that was ever created by humans, which is, which is pretty fucking cool. If you've never had mead, that's definitely a fun, a fun time to drink a little bit of mead. It's, it's super high alcohol. It's like a honey wine, but it's like, it's like 18 or 20% or something like that, I think. Or maybe it's even more. I forget. But it's pretty high alcohol content. And uh, it's, it's tasty. It tastes a little different. You can taste the honey in there and, and, and whatnot. I really am a big fan of mead. Um, so that's some bee stuff. And uh, yeah, bees are just cool. Honey, I shrunk the kids. Wasn't there some crazy ass fucking bee scene going on in that shit didn't they fly on the back of a fucking bee or something like that bees have like 10 dicks too bees have like 10 dicks no, i'm just kidding that'd be awesome though um no i think i don't know anything about bee vaginas or dicks maybe that's something that we can look into for a future podcast <clears throat> uh horny bees i think that'd be that could be a fun one that could be a fun one um Let's see. So that's that. I know he sent me another one as well. Let's see. Uh, he's got another question here from Deep Nuts. My man with the deepest nuts. He says, can you recall a specific drawing or perhaps a breakthrough you made while you were younger that set off the eureka moment and made you say, whoa, I want to do this forever? And he says, uh, fuck it, I'm kind of high. That was supposed to be an Arctic scene with the penguins and stuff. Oh, because he was using the, he was like making those crazy scenes where you can use the punctuation to make, to make uh, a, an image. He's got some fucking wonky penguins and a, maybe a, maybe an igloo or something. I don't even know. I don't know. Looks like cultural appropriation to me, bro. That igloo is pretty stereotypical if that's what I'm looking at right here. Um, 
let's see, a specific, can I recall a specific drawing? Um, I can recall when I think about drawings, I can remember in sixth grade, I did, I had this character named Max. And he was just like a dude with sunglasses and spiked hair, which is obviously super cool. And I did a version of him. It was called, he was called the urinator, which was like, obviously a, a play on the Terminator, which I'd probably recently seen. I remember when Terminator 2 came out, I was like so desperate to see it. I don't even know if I'd seen Terminator 1, but T2 was such a huge movie. It must have come out right around like 91 or something like that because we were still in Shootsbury and, uh, and, and it was rated R. So I had to ask permission to see it from my parents. And my dad was like, after you stack you know, these cords of wood for the winter, then you can watch Terminator 2. And uh, so I was happily stacked up the wood and then got to watch it. So I'd probably recently seen that. Um, and I did this version of my character called, and he was called the urinator. And uh, he had like a backpack full of piss and like a, and like a hose attached to like a squirt gun thing. And, um, I remember my, my sixth grade teacher found that drawing and he was actually like a really, really cool dude who was like a sick illustrator. He used to do these really super good, um, colored pencil drawings, almost like a classic, like, like um style for like 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 teen novels or something like that like the hardy boy mysteries or something he'd do these really cool colored pencil illustrations that were just so technically good i remember and um and then he also built his own house and he was just a really cool dude shout out to mr b shout out to ron Berger. you know what i'm saying he's one of the people that definitely inspired me in my life uh he was a super cool dude and um and I remember he, he he found the drawing of the urinator and he got like, he was like, I'm disappointed in you. And he was like, I never want to see this again. And I got in trouble for it because it was inappropriate. Uh, that was definitely a precursor to the draw terias. You know what I'm saying? Little did he know that someday I would be doing more drawings like that as I love inappropriate humor. That's my thing. That's my thingy, 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 thing. I love being inappropriate. Shout out to my dad for giving me an inappropriate sense of humor. And then me taking it way too far. Um, I'm trying to think of what other drawings that I've done that were breakthroughs. I mean, like I say, the, like the one I'm working on now, definitely this AWOL cover that I'm working on now is definitely a huge breakthrough piece. Um, the Nehruvian Doom cover, huge breakthrough piece. Um, trying to go backwards and think if there was something. I mean, I can't think of any. I mean, I, I just, I grew up just drawing for fun. And, you know, I think everybody kind of does that. All kids draw. And then at a certain point, some kids just stop drawing because they start, you know, making out with people or, you know, doing sports or other things. I mean, I did those things too. I definitely made out with people. I definitely did some sports. I fucking making out with someone during sports would be pretty cool. Um, 
uh, I got in some fights during sports sidebar. Uh, both of my, both times I've been in a fight have both been sports related. That's kind of funny. Uh, I got into a fight during a kickball game in school in like fifth or sixth grade. Um, I got into a, like, we were, I forget what happened. Someone, I think I, I, I was pitching and I, and the dude named Ernie, he like, from what I understand, he popped the ball up and there was two outs and I caught it. And I'm like, you're out three outs, three outs. And he's like, no, that's two outs. That's two outs. I'm like, no, it's three outs. And then he like tackled me to the ground. And then I just started fucking punching him in the face, like, like wailing on his face and his nose exploded and he had a bloody nose. And he was like really upset. He was like crying. And I remember the, the principal got super mad at me. And uh, I got in big trouble for that. And then, uh, and then another time, it was in middle school, and I was on the B team because I always, I was never really good at sports. I love sports, as anybody that uh, is friends with me on Facebook knows. I'm always posting pretty much my on my personal Facebook page, which I actually have to be real friends with you to to be connected with you in that way. Um, I obviously got the Facebook fan page for everybody else, but I, I don't do a lot of sports stuff on there, tiny bit. But on my personal page, pretty much an entire stream of sports news. That's pretty much my feed. So probably everybody has me blocked at this point. Um, probably everybody has me muted. Um, but uh, super into sports, but was never actually really good at sports. Um, I remember actually always trying to make Little League, uh, which was a huge deal in where I grew up in Amherst. And I would always try to go, and it was legendary. And my older brother was like, he was like on the all-star team for baseball and football. He was like a super good athlete. And then um, I just could not do it. I couldn't make the base. I couldn't make little league, and I was always super bummed out. I would try out every year, go in the batting cage, but I just was like, I just sucked, and I could never make it. And so, and then when we moved and was playing basketball, I was on the B team. I couldn't make the A team because I fucking was just totally average. Uh, below average and uh, you know but we would wear big shorts and we would sag the shorts and uh, I remember the kid on the other team was like calling me a wigger he's like fuck you wigger wigger this wigger that and so I waited till he was taking the ball up and it was just me and him in the backcourt and I threw him on the ground and then he popped up and he punched me I remember he punched me in the face and I had braces and it didn't even make my lip bleed. And I was like, oh, fuck you, you pussy. And then I fucking smashed him in the face and we started just punching each other in the face. And then uh, the refs pulled us off each other. It was an epic in-game sports fight. So both of my fights um, have been sports related. I've never been in an adult fight. I've been smart enough to keep my keep myself out of adult fights um so hopefully i can keep that streak going but uh who knows uh you know i guess maybe but I've, i don't play as much sports as an adult so you know psh, man some of these some of these kickball games have been getting pretty heated at ghost scout training camp so watch out because fucking i might have to uncork i might have to fucking bring out the right hand again you know i'm two and oh so you better watch out amateur amateur on the come up you know what i'm saying um let's see what else uh what are we talking about 
Um, specific drawing. Um, I remember I was doing some fun drawings. Uh, just th these drawings are probably not drawings that people would be particularly interested in, but I remember that during freshman year of college, I had a drawing teacher named Douglas Worles. And uh, he was kind of a hard ass and a ball breaker. Um, but I was a hard worker, so I really liked him. And uh, and he would really push me. And I think by the end of that class, I was starting to do for my assignments some pretty surreal um, landscape drawings uh, with like a weird characters. And it was all like pencil drawing and shaded and shit. And it was like very like influenced by like Escher and Salvador Dali and stuff like that. And and uh, I remember these these drawings are probably in my parents' attic. And and at some point soon, I'm gonna go back and go through because I got a I got a lot of it that's junk and that I'm gonna toss out. A lot of old artwork from college, but um, some of the pieces are definitely pretty cool. And uh, I would be interested to see what these pieces look like now because I remember when I was doing them just being very into it being like wow like hey man i'm starting to like make some pretty imaginative stuff here and definitely precursor to you know the kind of stuff that i'm doing now where i'm doing these just entire worlds that are super crazy and surreal um like the awol cover that i'm doing now and i mean i guess just like most of the work that i've done you know um since i've gotten into doing a lot of really detailed stuff because out of school i started to do for a little bit like simpler stuff like more designy and more blocky and stuff like that and then um and then uh at a certain point i realized that i really wanted my work to be more detailed so that i could really push it and see how far i could take it um and uh and so i think i i started to kind of get a little hint at what the possibilities were at the end of freshman year there after I've been just putting in a lot of work on all the figure drawing and all the life study stuff, which can be kind of tedious and boring. And especially if you're not in art school or something, maybe stuff you wouldn't do on your own, but that stuff can really be just great practice. Like, you know, there's a school of thought that says you have to really understand the rules before you can go and start to break them and bend them and, and defy them and, 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 and transcend them, you know? So I, I definitely experienced that where, where, uh, I had very little formal training in art. You know, I took art classes in high school, but like we didn't do like, I mean, I guess we did like figure drawing or not figure drawings, but like life studies and stuff. But like, I don't know, I just didn't take it that seriously in high school. Um, and, uh, and, and, and when I started to take that shit really seriously and really push it and really feel like I was studying and, and, and learning and, and advancing my skills and really wanting that to happen in college. Um, yeah, towards the end of that year, I started to make some interesting drawings, uh, that, that were, that were pretty exciting for me, um, on a personal level. I don't remember how well they were received in class. Like I said, I mean, I wasn't really doing work that was standing out at that point. I think it wasn't until like junior or senior year that I started to, that people really started to be like, oh shit, you got something going on here. Um, uh, I'm trying to think what other 
specific drawings might have been breakthroughs. Um, and I can't really think of anything off the top of my head. I think I'm bad at questions like this. <laughs> Just like sitting here like, uh, trying to answer questions. I can't really think of any answers to these questions. Um, I mean, coming out of college, I was doing the early stuff for the New York Times book review, which was definitely really fun. I remember just just being very excited that I was I remember I think I think the biggest discovery for me wasn't even necessarily a particular drawing, but when I really started to realize that I was going to primarily focus on doing like like drawing with a pencil, inking with a brush, and then coloring in Photoshop. When I started to work that format out, when I got out of school, I started to get these jobs and it, it really was out of necessity. I was pretty much anti-computer in school. I didn't have my first computer till I was a junior um, in college. And, uh, and, and I really did not like using computers and I really had no interest in making any part of my work digital. I did everything like with, with like gouache or, or acrylic paint and stuff in school. I don't think I ever colored anything digitally. I guess maybe I've started to fuck around with it a little bit for like weird little side projects and stuff, but really all my major work was like I would do mostly acrylic paintings. Um, like I would draw with pencil and then like I would do this thing where I would like seal the pencils and then I would take like a, like a, not unlike how I actually do it digitally. Now I would get, I would get, I would kind of color my pencil line by like spraying it and sealing it and then taking like a red or a blue paint and then like rubbing a, rubbing a layer over it. So, so it was like a tinted line. And then I would actually, when I painted it, I would paint around my pencil line. So you could actually see my original pencil line in the finished painting and all the painting that I added on was around the line. So it'd be a pencil line, but then everything would be an acrylic painting. So it was kind of an interesting approach. And I really actually liked a lot of the work that I did when I started doing that, I would love to get back to doing that. That'd be really fun to experiment now with acrylic painting. Cause I haven't really done anything. Cause once I started to become a professional and, you know, I got out and I started to, you know, do these like three day turnaround editorial style jobs, you know, you realize that, you know, getting a job on Friday and then having to turn it in on Monday and then maybe having to do some quick changes and stuff really isn't conducive to such a labor intensive process. So, so I started to really get into the idea of inking and, and coloring in Photoshop, like inking with a brush, you know, with my hand and then coloring in Photoshop because I was really into doing comics at that time. And my uncle, Steve Laffler, um, who did the dog boy comics for Fantagraphics in the eighties, um, you know, he had, he had shown me how to ink. He was always inking with a brush and he had given me my first brush and, and I was like really always, I always kind of loved that. I loved the idea of being like, to me, that was like, I just, I think just because he was the only professional artist I knew and I saw him doing it, like, you know, I thought like, oh, wow, this is like the ultimate. So like, I always thought like, it'd be good to get good at that. And, um, and he was really technical with it back in the day too. And I was always like super impressed with, with, with those drawings that he was doing. And, um, cause it was like, he's doing indie comics, but he came from being like, a you know, like, a like, um, a super Marvel, you know, fan and stuff like that. 
So he would, they would almost be his, his character. It would, you could see the influence of the classic, like Marvel style drawing, but he was just drawing these wacky psychedelic indie comics. So it was kind of, uh, it was kind of funny. He had the real technical chops, but then it was coming with the real psychedelic independent material. It was, a, it was, I think that's what made those comics so fun. I still love those dog boy comics. Um, but yeah, just, just the idea of inking with a brush always appealed to me. And then once I combine that with scanning it in and coloring it in Photoshop, it really came together for me. And uh, I think just that, I think, I think, I think for me, the fun has been to keep my, keep my process really simple, but then really push my technical abilities and my conceptual abilities within that, um, you know, cause I've really been working that way for, you know, almost 15 years now exclusively and it never gets boring. Like inking this album cover is like so much fun. I just love the fucking process. There's nothing funner than having finished your pencils sitting down and inking a piece. I mean, that is like, holy shit. It is so much fun. It's like, you're just, you're, you know, you're dipping it in the in the juicy ink and then the, it's just you're you're applying it you're gliding it along and it can and it's like i don't know it's just so fluid it's so liquid you can see it on there and you know i like to always say like your heartbeat is in that line when you're inking with a brush because you know i don't know you know you use your blood's pumping through your hand and it's making these tiny tiny movements in your in your hand and then the, the ink is reflecting that and it's so liquid and and uh you know there's something something very primal to me about that for some reason i don't know why i can't exactly explain it maybe it's just because it's such a part of my destiny but uh you know it it's just it's truly like just one of the funnest things that i ever get to do is just when i'm when i'm ready to ink a piece it's just like oh it's like bliss so i've been just this last week just been blissed out uh inking the shit out of this giant ass super complicated drawing and i got uh you know the last couple of days i've been going really deep on the changes on the corrections on my own corrections i always look at a piece and and just start to really fine tune it all making sure every line is correct um you know if something doesn't look right just just painting over it with acrylic and and keeping going after it and a lot of times when i'll when i'll correct something when i'll paint it out i'll end up when i correct it it won't look right again and i'll end up painting out a bunch of times so a lot of times when i make corrections i'll end up correcting the same place the same area a bunch of times before i can get it to look right but that's really important for me to just keep correcting my piece until it looks right because i feel like the difference between having a good piece like i could just sit down and ink it and then be done with it but i think going back in and making corrections making sure everything just the only way you can know it's right is if it looks right to you, if it feels right. You know, you got to build that intuition as an artist. And 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 if something looks wrong, just get rid of it. Even if you don't know what the solution is, paint it out and come at it again. And, uh, you know, or, or in the drawing process, erase it and draw it again, especially in the drawing process. I mean, Jesus Christ, I erased so many good drawings to get to a great drawing. But then even after that, when you're inking and then you're going back in with the inking to go back in and really just fine tuning it to a tiny, tiny, tiny degree 
the snow, no matter how small the change is, just tweaking it, making sure every marking is looking right to you, I think takes it from being a good piece to an absolutely great piece, getting it to that masterpiece type level. Um, you know, obviously I have the luxury of, of, of time with a lot of my projects now because people really give me tons of creative freedom and, and a lot of open deadlines and stuff because that's kind of how I've set up my whole life. And I've, I've really run wild with this one. This is the longest I've ever worked on a piece, um, you know, consecutively. So, uh, yeah, this is, this has been, uh, it's been such a fucking pleasure just inking this and then making the final corrections. I've got a couple lines to fix and then I'll be scanning it in after this and then coloring it. So again, really looking forward to that step too. Coloring it is fucking fun. Um, all right, we're getting towards the end here, but I got one more question that I want to hit from Instagram, uh, from a dude that is named Aiden Sajati. Um, and, uh, he says, Hey, go shrimp. I am sending quick message with a question for the podcast. I know the story of how you struggled with time when you were auditioning for the job Adventure Time, but what was the longest length you have ever spent on a piece? Oh, just talking about that. Uh, what was the reason it took so long, and how did you work around that and finish your piece? Also completely off topic, but every time I go to Go Shrimp Global, I hear that awesome looped song. Who made it, and where can I find more of their shit? Sincerely, an invisible nerd. Uh, well, the song on my website, the Ghost Shrimp theme song, is made by one of my best friends, uh, Ghost Scout Neckbeard, shout out, um, and his name is Tyler Price, and uh, he, I think now he goes, he used to go by the, the rap name Chameleon, um, I think now he goes by the name Old Growth Sojourner, uh, I think you can find him on Facebook and Instagram uh, by looking, uh, looking, under that moniker um i think that's what he's putting music out with now um but he made that song for me for my birthday like probably around like i think maybe even when i was in college or when i was out of college but it would have been in the very early days of ghost Trump, so like 2004 2005 ish 2003 ish something like that and i uh, used to be on my old website and then uh, when I was making my new website, I thought, oh, it'd be fun to bring back the theme song. I, I think that's really fun, and uh, and I just love it. It's fun to just kind of have that looping. It's a very chill song, and um, so I'm glad people are enjoying it. I truly love that theme song. Um, the other question about what's the longest piece? Yeah, I mean, I'm I've been work as I get as I get as I've gotten deeper into my career and especially after adventure time where I had to produce so much work, um, so quickly where I was doing 10 to 15 backgrounds a week for, 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 you know, three and a half years, just creating stacks of drawings all the time. Um, I think I've really appreciated, uh, spending longer and longer on pieces like, you know, for the MF doom set of drawings, I spent about six weeks on those. Um, for this, uh, for this AWOL one cover, I've been working on it for about three months. Um, and, uh, you know, I mean, in, in the case, you know, my professional career has always been interesting because I'm always doing, when I started out, I was, I was 
pretty quickly got into the situation where I was building my first little cabin on Mystery Mountain. So I was doing some of that with my time. And then now I am homesteading for the last six years since I left Adventure Time. You know, I've been homesteading in Vermont. So a good chunk of my time is also spent just building my house. And now also I have a family. So I spend time with the family. So, you know, when I say I've been working on this, this, this AWOL cover for three months, if I break down the amount of actual days that I've been working on it, I'd say at this point, I probably, um, I probably have been working on it for about 40 days. If I were to look at like, if I were to consolidate the actual like amount of days that I've spent on, it's probably about 40 days, but that's still a pretty fucking good amount of time to spend on a drawing. And, um, uh, you know, it's interesting cause this drawing, like I said, I've, I probably leveled up two, three times during the process of this drawing. I've gone back in and redrawn parts because I've just leveled up and, and how, how much I've tried to take on in this drawing. Um, you know, I'll, I'll draw something completely finished in an area and then see that it would work in a different area better and, and just erased it and redrawn, just redrawn something from a different angle in a whole other part of the illustration. Um, I've done, I've done a lot of very bold stuff in this one that I've never done before. And I think the more you get deep in your process and the more you just, you learn to trust yourself and, and trust the process. Like, like I've done this so many times before that I'm not worried about messing it up. I'm not worried about losing something, um, that I've discovered, uh, during the process of the drawing. I'll, I'll, you know, I'll just strip it away and, and, and bring it back. Um, uh, and, uh, and it's, it's kind of a test. I think, I think with this one, especially, um, you know, I really love the idea of trying to become one of the greatest illustrators of all time. You know what I'm saying? I don't know if I'll ever be able to achieve that goal, but I've been thinking about that for the last couple of years. And I really like that idea because just like sitting down and trying to make the best drawing that I can ever make, it's a, it's a friendly competition with myself and the same idea by saying that, man, you know, what if I pushed myself and tried to become one of the greatest illustrators of all time, you know, and, and, and how could I do that? And for me thinking about that with this piece, um, when I got this job, I knew that I wanted to really take this one into deep water. I wanted to take it as deep as I could go, deeper than I'd ever been before. And I definitely have succeeded with that. And um, because I think that one of the things, you know, I'm not, I, I, I think, you know, I think that's possibly one of my real strengths as a visual artist is that I have the ability to maybe push my work farther than other people might have the patience to. So that's one of my advantages to be the, to be one of the greatest at something you have an advantage that other people don't have. Right. Definitely not the most technically skilled person out there. Um, you know, I feel like my conceptual stuff is pretty strong. So, you know, but again, I'm probably, there's a lot of people that are more conceptual than me, but, you know, pushing my technical skill, pushing my, conceptual skill but then also just pushing how how much i can actually develop a piece how much i can keep keep manipulating the structure of the piece the composition of the piece 
um, just the, the visual pattern of the piece, um, getting in so much visual narrative, so much visual storytelling in a piece, so much of a crazy, mysterious, intriguing vibe into a piece. I feel like the more I push that, um, the more I can kind of separate myself from the pack a little bit. Um, I think you, I think you're gonna, you're gonna, you know, and some people might be able to make a drawing better than this in, in a week, you know what I'm saying? But so, you know, in that way, I'm not worried about really other people. It sounds funny when you say one of the greatest of all time, because then you are talking about other people, but still I'm only talking about doing this for my own kind of fun purposes as just to added fuel to my fire. It's not like I'm looking at people and actually thinking I'm going to get better than this specific person. It's not at that level at all. It's just that I'm going to see how far I can push myself in my work and then, you know, and then, and then say, man, I think that this illustration could go up with some of the best ever, you know what I'm saying? This could live on the wall amongst some of the best illustrations ever made. Uh, and I think that, by by doing what I'm doing right now with this piece, not that I'm going to have the luxury to do this with every piece because it was like a certain concurrence of events that allowed me to do this. I just had a fat chunk of change coming back from teaching in Denmark. And, uh, you know, I got a nice payday from this album cover itself, but, you know, certainly not, certainly not to uh, justify spending three months on it. It wasn't that bad of a payday. Um, but I was sitting on some cash. So, uh, you know, I've really been milking that and I've really been, uh, you know, using that to, to be able to really dig deep on this piece as a personal challenge for myself. And, uh, you know, I think that already, I mean, this piece, I've separated it from the rest of the work I've done by leaps and bounds. I mean, this is definitely on a on, on a whole pedestal by itself at this point. And the most exciting part is that, you know, by this time next year, I'll have already done several pieces that, you know, are, are competing with this one to be my best work yet, you know, if not surpassing it. So, so that's really exciting. That's, that's, that's what's the funnest thing about, about, about putting in years in the game, putting in years with your, for yourself, um, at a professional level, at a high performing level, because then you really just, like I said, you learn to really trust yourself. You learn to really trust the process. And when you're, when you're in way over your head, you don't panic, you don't back out, you don't run away. You just stay there and you're like, all right, this is exactly where I want to be. You know what I'm saying? Like I have recurring dreams, like a lot of people probably of floating in an infinite abyss, you know, like underwater, and just floating there and feeling just at peace and it feeling comfortable and warm and perfect. And that's how it feels to be at this point in my career, you know what I'm saying? Where I, 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 I'm really well known for what I do. I've thoroughly established who I am as a visual artist. Now, um, I know the kind of work I love to make. I know the process that I love. And now I just get to push it and push it and push it. And and even when I'm in uncomfortable territory, I can make myself just comfortable because I just sit there and breathe and, you know, go through my rituals every day and keep coming back. And, and with this piece, exercising that amount of patience, there were so many times during the process of this piece that I wanted to, um, really 
just go, okay, I just got to ink this. I just got to wrap this up. Okay, today's the last day. But then I would just, I would sit down and be working on it. And the piece would just be telling me that there was a lot more in there to be had, you know what I'm saying? And, and because I was really questing to get everything out of this piece, I, I trusted it. And I sat there and I schlepped it off for weeks. I wanted to finish it. And I just kept saying to myself, even, even, even when like, it was like, man, you know what? I, I could, I could, I'm like, the funds are getting a little low here. I need to put some more money in the bank. Like I, I should probably wrap this up to me. You know, the reason I'm doing this is to make the best work I can make. So unless I literally have no money in the bank, I'm going to keep pushing that goddamn thing. You know, uh, any, any piece that I'm working on, especially this one, I've just been really, you know, just, uh, just doing that, just, just staying with it. And it really paid off. You know, I did not compromise on it. I didn't jump out too early. I let this thing fully develop. I let this fruit ripen on the vine till it just fell off the tree by itself. And, uh, and, and I'm glad that I did, um, because the results speak for themselves. You know what I'm saying? So, so there you go, guys. There's a little Q and A for you. There's the pod episode 12. Hopefully everybody enjoyed themselves on this one. I know I did. I know I always do. Um, go ahead and, uh, head over to iTunes, maybe give them a little five-star review. You know what I'm saying? Uh, subscribe to the pod. Tell a friend to tell a friend about the pod. Um, a great way to support the podcast is also to, uh, you know what I'm saying, show me a little love, order up uh, order up a poster or two, uh, buy some original artwork. You know what I'm saying? We got the draw tirias on there uh for the for the lower budgets and then we've got you know i've been posting up like i said the uh, juicy original artwork if you got a little more money to sling around maybe pick up some special gifts for the holidays you know what i'm saying and uh and check out round three of the online workshop starting mid-january because it's not to be missed all right, y'all, I'll be back tomorrow uh, with episode 13 with Psych Lord, so stay tiggity-tuned.